You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. The gospel reading today is an interesting one from the gospel of Matthew where Jesus tells his disciples, you know, I'm going to be persecuted and crucified. I'm going to die. But in three days, I'll rise from dead, the dead. And we'll party hard, dude. And Peter takes him aside and says, no, no, Lord, don't. We can't let that happen. You know, we got to keep you alive. We love you. We can't let you be persecuted and killed. And Jesus says to, to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You're speaking and thinking like men do. Not, not These words do not come to you from God. Because God's mission is one of a hard life. Uh, and people that follow me have to pick up their cross and carry it to follow me. What good does it do you to seek the whole world but lose your life, lose your soul, lose your eternal life? Nothing. So... But if you give up that life, if you give up your worldly life, then you gain it in the end. So let's reverse your thinking, not of hold on, preserve the now, the life you have. That's how men think. That's mankind think. That's pedestrian. That's of Satan. The godly thinking is to put it on its head and realize that the important thing is the forever. And that that means in the now there has to be suffering, including me, the son of God who could perform miracles, could come down off the cross, could do whatever I wanted. I've got to hang on that cross and die and suffer. I've got to be humiliated, scourged, tormented, tortured, belittled, degraded. That's the mission. But what's so brilliant about that gospel passage isn't so much flipping the thought of mankind on its head and making us look at it from the perspective of a masochist, basically. Because <laughs> that's not too exciting, really. You know, oh, great, okay, yeah, then I'll suffer and carry my cross and be humiliated in the belief in something I have no proof of. And they were had Jesus. They saw miracles. They knew. They knew he was the Son of God. They had proof. And they still doubted. They still worried. They still didn't want him to die. So how can you blame me, someone who's in the modern world who didn't see all that stuff? I'm just reading it. I'm just having full faith. How can you blame me if I say, well, well, let me hold on to this life. Let Let me preserve this life and the joy in it. How can you blame me for thinking like a man when Peter had so much more to go on and even he thought like a man there and didn't think of God and you had it say to him get thee behind me satan that's satan talk get away from me peter go to hell take him away crucify peter upside down no they did though eventually but (laughs) but here's the beautiful thing about that passage this is the part that makes it beautiful because like i'm saying otherwise you'd say well you know you can rebuke peter because he had you what do i have but a bunch of shit around me every day why should i think like god i can only help but think like a man because that's all i see And just my faith is all I have to go on. But the beautiful thing is the very passage before that one in the same gospel is the one where Jesus asks everybody, what what do the people say I am? What do they say about me? Some say you're the prophet. Some say you're just another crazy man. Some say. And then Jesus says to Peter, Peter, 
what, uh, what do you say, Amen? Who do you say, Amen? And, and Peter says, you, dude, are the son of God. You're the Messiah. You're the one. That's what you, you know, Peter, Peter just com- com- proclaimed it. And Jesus says, you don't say those words because you think them. That came to you from God, and that's great. God bless you. You're the man, Peter, because you're speaking from God now. And because of that, Peter, you're the rock. I'm going to build my entire church on. And you have the power to free men of their sins. If you forgive them, they're forgiven. If you don't, they're not. You have that power. I give the keys to the kingdom. The keys to the kingdom I'm going to give to you, Peter. Because you see the truth about who I am. You spoke God's words, not man's, about my, my meaning here. Then in the very next passage, Peter says, no, 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 don't die. Don't do that. Don't come back from the dead stuff. Don't, we don't need to go there. Let's preserve you. And, and Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. Now you're talking like a man. Now that's coming from mankind. You should be thinking like God. The only people that can follow me are the people that think like God who take up their cross, etc." So what's beautiful about that? It's the same apostle, same guy, Peter. One passage to the next. On the one hand, God praises him and says, you're my man. I'm building my whole church on you here at the car keys. God, have a nice date with that girl (laughs) called my church, the kingdom. Go date the kingdom. Here are the keys. Um, Because he spoke from a godly perspective and saw the whole big picture. Very next passage, he speaks from a worldly perspective. He says, get out of here. That's Satan talk. Why that's beautiful is because it exemplifies what we are all capable of. One minute we can have the spiritual power, the wisdom, the vision to see the truth and endure and absorb much suffering and smile through it because we know in our hearts, we see, we feel the greater purpose of everything. But in the very next instant, the next day, later that same day, we can feel disheartened. We can feel discouraged. We can say, this is too much. I can't hack this. I don't I see no end in sight. Where's the joy? I want happiness. I want it now. I want it today. I want a reward. I want something to pay off for all this suffering. And Peter, of all people, he who established the Catholic Church, which is the first Christian church, by the way, don't let any of the crazy Trump supporters or born-agains or any of them, even Protestants that are Presbyterians and all the churches that have been around a long time, they all came from the Catholic Church, the first Christian religion, the first church of any kind that related to Jesus Christ is the Catholic Church, started by Peter because Jesus said that. Jesus gave him the rights to start the church, to be the rock upon which he built his church. He gave him the keys to the kingdom. But even Peter, who you might consider the first pope, okay, (laughs) you kind of can think of Peter as the first pope, the first leader of any religion that was related to Christ. 
even he. In the very next passage in the same gospel, it smacked around, boom, 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 by Jesus. Is, is rebuked loudly and firmly by Jesus because he gets weak and thinks like a man. Same guy who thought like God just a passage before, who saw the beautiful picture. And by the way, Peter's the same guy who denies him three times after he's arrested. Says, I didn't know him. No, I wasn't with him because he's terrified. And guess what? Peter is crucified upside down and dies crucified upside down, even more humiliating than Jesus. Probably took longer to die too. You think about the, what kills you when you're crucified. It was really your heart gives out eventually from the strain and stress of hanging, you know, in such a painful way and starving to death and no water. You just dehydrate and have a heart attack and probably that's how they went. Upside down, blood to your head, but your feet nailed as opposed to hanging from your arms. Probably takes you longer to die. Blood, more blood rushing to your head. Keep your head alive longer. Probably. I'd have to ask ask a doctor, but the point is, this is Peter, right? He says, you're God. You're the son of God. You're the, you're the Messiah. Then he says, no, no, don't die. We're going to have to do something about that. We can't let you die and raise from the dead. We don't want that. Then he says, I never knew him. I was never with him. Nope, I don't know anything about the guy. Then he lives a life so dedicated to his message that he's killed for it in a horrible, horrible way that probably you and I will never come close to dying so horribly as Peter died for his love of Jesus and the message of Christianity. Same guy, same guy, same guy hanging upside down there, denied him three times. Same guy said, you're the Messiah. And he says, here are the keys, Peter. Turns around and says, no, 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 don't do that. Don't die like that. That's icky. We can't have that. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. He says, that's Satan inside you talking, Peter. Satan in the very first pope inside him. That's the beauty of that. It means there's goodness in us all. Even in our moment of weakness, it means as holy and blessed as we feel on our greatest day. It's okay when we fall, as long as we stand back up. Flash forward that into today's world, today's America. We've got these violent clashes now in Portland. We've got these political factions. The right-wingers taking their guns screaming like maniacs in Walmart without their masks on, claiming that people that are wearing masks and are insisting on masks are of the devil. You got whack jobs saying there's pedophile rings with movie stars and the Pope coming after Alec Baldwin saying, you didn't deny it, so it's true. You're a pedophile. You're in with Epstein and the Pope. You've got all, you know, QAnon crazy conspiracy theories. You've got the radicals with their guns, the NRA standing up for it all. You got Trump egging everybody on, probably secretly masturbating in his bathroom to thoughts of a revolution over his sorry ass. Wouldn't he just love it if there was blood in the streets over him? Because it's all about him. And if people are actually going to war for him, he feels like he's loved. That's love, right? And that's all he cares about. 
doesn't care about this country or the betterment of any of us. It's just, you know, glorifying him is living the right way because that's what he does. He glorifies him every moment of his day. And so you're living for him, then you're living the way he does. But this is the the problem we find ourselves in is like, you know, we know right from wrong, we think. When we look at Trump, we know he's wrong. We hear what he says. Even people who vote for him, they know the difference. Some of them, most of them. I'd say more than, I'd say there can't be more than 10% of the people in this country that are really awful enough to think that the hateful things he says and the evil things he's inspiring are okay. I think that the majority, 75%, say, of his supporters, the Republicans, let's say, who are more politically sound, and certainly the Christian Republicans who are still on board with him, you think that most of them, I, I tend to think most of them know that he's a bad man and know that a lot of what he says is wrong, but they have political reasons for supporting him. You know, they like what he's done for the courts and the judges he's, uh, he's placed in the courts. They like what he did with the tax laws and how he's helped them with the taxes. They like how he's reducing regulations on the businesses and corporations and what they can do and can't do. They like how he's not interfering with their personal life as much. You know, not not causing so many uh, restrictions on the use of water and resources. You know, they want their water f- flowing freely. They don't necessarily believe in, uh, you know, climate change, and they don't. They they you know they don't like the fact that their f- the freedom and joy of their life is being encroached by environmental restrictions. You know, in order to benefit or, or hope to stave off climate change. Uh, there are a lot of things. And, oh, yeah, and by the way, they're white, and they don't like all these immigrants coming into the country, so they like a guy who's tough on that. However, I do think that a lot of the Republicans, they don't want to be that extreme. And I think a lot of the Republicans aren't racist, and they don't want to be that extreme. They don't want to be the racist. They don't like the the white supremacists. You know, I think a majority of his supporters aren't on board with uh, the KKK, you know, or QAnon, or any of that crazy shit. Um Or his overt racism, you know. But there's so many other political benefits that are coming their way from him towing the Republican hard line just because they're the ones who voted for him. That's the other thing. Trump doesn't even believe in all these political issues. When he takes a political stance, a stand uh, that's pro-Republican, that's not because he believes it. He lived most of his life a Democrat. He's just doing it because they're the ones who... He, he chose a side. They're on his side. But if you were a Republican, would you swallow your morality? Would you swallow what you're seeing to support this guy who you know is repugnant because of the things he's doing for you politically, even in the face, even with the realization that he's eroding the Constitution, that he's eroding the rule of law, and he's inspiring violence in the streets and violence among people and he's he's ratcheting up i think we're at death defcom five right now people and in, in terms of this country in terms of potential revolution or bloodshed being a regular thing and i'm not talking about mass shootings by crazy boys who get a hold of guns because mommy's rich i'm talking about you know a group of people wearing MAGA hats versus a group of people wearing Antifa black scarves or whatever you want to call them, clashing violently on a regular basis here and there, skirmishes. I think we're, we're already there, basically. 
you know. And my question to you, I'm I'm talking to you like Jesus talked to Peter. And just so you know, I'm not being arrogant. I'm not pretending I'm Jesus. This is how I talk to myself. This is how I imagine Jesus talking to me. And I don't think any of us are as strong as Peter. I don't think any of us would probably have the courage to die crucified upside down just for a faith. But again, he did see it. He did see Jesus' miracles in person. So he did have some pretty powerful witnessing going on there that maybe helped inspire him to die for Christ the way he did. But so I'm talking to you like I talk to me. We're all a bunch of Peters at best, at best. We're Peters, which is to say we can be shitheads. We can be Satan. We can have bad thoughts. We can do wrong. We can think like men. We can act like men. Peter did. But there's hope for us. And God could still give you and me the keys to the kingdom. And God could still say, you're, the, you're one of the rocks of my churches. And God could still say, you're speaking like God now. You're thinking like God now. Well, how? How do we get to the higher Peter in us? How do we reach the higher half of Peter? What is the lower half of Peter? Thinking like a man. Well, what is the number one thing men do wrong? What do you think it is? Hands. Yes, Joe's. Joe, what do you think? I think it's that men are greedy. Good answer, Joe, but not the one I was looking for. Susan? I feel that men are weakest because they lost and are sexual. Very interesting point, Susan. Yes, mankind is full of lust, and that is thinking like a man. That can be bad, but can also be good and fun, and it makes babies. So that's not what I was looking for, Susan. Anyone else? What do you think is the number one thing the Peter and us all when we're bad is is all made up of? What is the bad, bad Peter? The bad Peter in us. Peter in the back, yes? What do you say? I believe that the worst aspect of mankind... And the most me-like when we're bad is when we are thinking like a man. And the worst aspect of a man is to think about what gets him ahead of his neighbor. What defeats his neighbor and what makes him victorious over his neighbor. What makes him a winner? What defeats the other side? So I would say to you, Chancellor Pink, as Peter in your audience, what is the worst aspect of being the bad Peter? Thinking like a man. And what is thinking like a man? It is thinking about winning and victory over other men. Thinking about superiority as a man over other men. Peter, that was fucking amazing. Gold star. In fact, here are the keys to my Honda Accord. That's all I got. Sorry. I don't have a king. I don't have the kingdom. Sorry. I don't have that. And I'm going to make you the rock and roller in my life. You rock, Peter. I don't have a rock of the church or any of that stuff either. But you rock, Peter. You're amazing. Thank you, Chancellor. Thank you. Yes, I am pretty special. Peter, chill out now. You're getting a little arrogant there. Okay. 
you're you're good. You're good, but you're not the end of the world. Okay, thanks, but thank you, thank you, Peter. Yes, yes, Peter nailed it, friends. Romans countrymen who have lent me your ears. Peter is on to something here. Peter just told us the answer is victory, competitiveness over your fellow man. Like we all say, oh, he's competitive. It's a wonderful thing. Sports are great. They are because they help us. You know what they help us do? They help us get out that bad Peter in us without actually doing what? Going to war. Fucking over a neighbor, right? Right? Sports are fun and good because they... They exercise the bad Peter in us all. We have that element of man thinking like a man. And the number one, in my opinion, it is not just greed for money. It is not just lust. It is not rage or anger, which is another bad thing in man. No, the worst part of being human, the worst aspect is thinking how to win over your other humans. Thinking how to succeed in a worldly way. Viewing life as who finishes the ride with the most wins. Not just with the most money or most toys, most victories. Think about it. Peter saw Jesus arrested as a loss. You know, he was in chains. He was he didn't have his freedom. Peter was afraid of that loss. Peter denied Christ three times. And as soon as he did in the cock road, he said, fuck. That's what Jesus said I was going to do. God damn it. Fuck. And he felt like shit. And then he lived the rest of his life fucking standing up for Jesus so much that he was crucified upside down. But in that moment, he wanted to win. He wanted his victory over his freedom. He wanted his freedom. Not over his freedom. He wanted his victory over the potential arrest and the bad guys. And he defended himself by lying and hiding from the truth. He was a chicken shit. He was a coward. Because he valued himself first. Selfishness. Selfishness is the worst sin of mankind. Wanting to win over your fellow man is a selfish thing. It's a selfish trait. It's valuing you and your goals and your desires before anyone else's, over anyone else's, at the expense of everyone else. And when Jesus said, I'm going to die and I'm going to be tortured and all this shit. And then I'm going to rise up from, and Peter took him aside and said, no, 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 no. We can't let that happen. And Jesus said that Satan, why? He's saying he's valuing himself over his enemies instead of what that sacrifice would give to everyone. Instead of saying, no, no, we got to protect your ass, Jesus. We got to protect your ass. He said, Jesus is saying, no, no, we don't. I got to sacrifice my ass for the betterment of everyone. Yeah, I suffer, but it's better to be less selfish and to suffer, to carry the cross, to put yourself lower, to be humbled so that everyone else is happier. So what's the worst aspect? What is thinking like a man? What is Satan in Peter? It's thinking about yourself first. It's trying to win over everyone else. It's putting yourself above others. It's prioritizing kissing your own ass before doing what's in the best interests of everyone. And how do we reflect that upon today's events and Trumpism and liberalism, Black Lives Matter, et cetera? It's, they're all bad in some sense because they're all the bad Peter. Because everyone, including movements that are protesting with even without violence, but with anger, they're doing it in a way that is about their superiority. They want attention. They want, they're saying we're being treated inferior, and they are by, by some, 
by the police, but they're not being treated inferior overall. They are making themselves, they're, they're causing a noise and saying, look at us, we want attention. And they're saying, until you give us priority, we're going to cause a shitstorm. And that's not being humble. There is a way to say, treat us equal and watch us be humble as we protest. That's the kind of stuff Martin Luther King did. That's the kind of stuff John Lewis did. But that's not what's going on today. You can say a large portion of the protests from Black Lives Matter are peaceful, and that's true. But the spirit of it is angry, and the spirit of it is not. The spirit of it is, spirit of it is more Malcolm X. And more importantly, it's done with this animosity towards the other side. That's the important issue. What is the goal? It is to defeat the other side. Now, granted, nobody wants to vote Trump out more than me. Nobody wants to defeat him more than me. But what I'm saying is we've all got to look in a mirror here. It takes two to tango. The clashes and the ratcheting up of the violence aren't just because the radical Trump supporters are evil and bad and horrible and racist and it's because they're putting themselves first and their interests first at the expense of us. But when we fight them, when we fight them with anger and hatred and violence, we're doing the same thing. And it's important to recognize that what we're trying to preserve, if we're, if we're going to have the higher ground, we're not trying to preserve me because I'm black or me, because I'm a woman. We're, we're trying to preserve, preserve us because we're Americans. White, black, male, woman. We're trying to preserve us. What the courts, what the laws that are being eroded by Trump, what they're there for is to protect all of us. So we can't lose sight of the fact as we protest because we're being mistreated as blacks, as we protest because we're being overlooked or underpaid as women or mistreated, we can't lose sight of the fact that what we're really protesting for is equality and love of everyone. We can't make it an angry battle that the whites wouldn't understand or that men don't understand. And we can't only recruit the whites or the men who just capitulate fully to us and are totally obsequious. We have to allow them to be themselves too, which is they'll never be black. They'll never have a vagina. They'll never be whatever it is that you feel was, is the cause for your being wronged. But that doesn't mean that they are the bad guy. They'll never be in the position you were in because they can't be your gender or race. So they will never be wronged in the way you believe you've been wrong because of your race and gender because they won't ever have that. So, But that doesn't mean that they are the bad guy. You have to work with them, including the people on the other side, including a lot of these angry Christians and angry non-mask wearing people. I've watched a lot of their outrages and, and outbursts and I feel for them. They hyper, they're hyperventilating. They're very angry inside, but they're normal people. I see in them an emotional rage in a, in a person. They're not just an awful person. They're not. They're a person and they do normal things and they laugh and they have children and they watch TV shows and listen to music and they go for walks and they're people. They're people. They're human beings. They're Peter. 
their Peter, just like you. They've got good days and bad days, and in the same passage can go from being someone, Jesus would say, you're the rock on my church, and the next time say, you're Satan. They're Peters, all of them. And so are you, including the bad side. So what I'm saying is, you can never stop self-evaluating. You can never stop questioning your own motivation. I don't care if you're, you, this, there's a sense out there right now that the Black Lives Matter movement is somehow irreproachable. It's dangerous as fuck to think that way. Extremely dangerous. And I've seen this in the women's movement. There's some sort of sense that they can do no wrong. And they've said it with regard to sexual allegations. If we say it, you believe it. Women must be believed. No, that's not due process. That's dangerous as fuck. Nobody is better than Peter. And he was half the time Satan, right? Get, get behind me. Get out of here. You're, you're speaking like a man. Women are no better than that. You know, they often think like human beings, which is to say selfishly, which is to say for their betterment. Same with black people. Let's not forget that reality. No matter how noble and wonderful your cause, at the end of the day, those, those wonderful, strong-hearted, good-hearted protesters who were peaceful, they could come home and kick their dog just as much as anyone else. They could come home and speeding and run a stop sign and not pay a bill and defraud someone out of money or even steal something just as much as anyone else. And that peaceful protester who went out 10 times with a good heart and protesting peacefully, the 11th time he could smash a window and light someone's store on fire that was owned by a liberal Jewish person just as much as anyone else. Just like Peter went from praising God as the son of God and turned around and denied him three times. So let's not get too big for our britches, liberal left-leaning Folks out there, unless you want blood running in the streets 24-7, you've got to put a check on your own arrogance. You don't deserve to defeat the Trumpians. It's not about defeating your fellow man. You want to elect a better representative? Yes. You want to defeat Trump in the election? Yes. That's not defeating him as a person. That's winning an election. That's fine. But you don't want to defeat his supporters. You want to understand them and work with them and persuade them. And especially, you want the political power to get your way more when it comes to things that are right and wrong. What does that mean? That means you can't lose sight of right and wrong. How can you claim to have a better grapple with right and wrong when you are acting no better than any other selfish man fighting for the for his own betterment at the at the expense of his brother think about that more often i'm not saying we're not in the right i'm not saying that the trump supporters aren't in the wrong i believe that they are here i believe that trump has done so many things wrong that to turn a blind eye to his behaviors is in and of itself a moral wrong. I believe that the Republicans and supporters who continue to support him despite everything he's done are committing a moral wrong. 
But that doesn't mean it's right to seek out a, an angry, vengeful way to defeat them for your own betterment. There's a better way. God's way, the godly way. Taking up your cross, suffering in a way that is better for everyone. Not thinking selfishly to defeat. How do we do that? What's the practical day-to-day worldly way we can carry our cross in Trump's America and carry it right into January 20th so Joe Biden is sworn in as president? What's a good, solid, sound, political, sane, godly way, a way to think like God and win this election? I don't have the answers. I'm saying that's the question. I'm asking myself every day and you need to be asking yourself every day and the blacks in America need to be asking themselves probably twice as often every day because right now they're so full of anger. They are not thinking like God. There's no way. There's too much anger there. The number one thing is you extinguish the anger. It is not a friend to selfless cross-carrying, okay? It's a selfish, worldly, manly way to think. Preservation, betterment of me, looking, covering my own ass, looking out for me. That's what causes anger when any of those instincts are being thwarted or obfuscated or obviated or any of those words that start with an O and have eight in there somewhere or vacation or Asian. Look up those words and you'll know the answer. No, I'm just being goofy now. But the truth is, no, but the truth is that the truth is that we have to ask ourselves every day until January 20th are we doing, are we thinking like God or thinking like man? Are we carrying our cross or are we trying to just win at the expense of our fellow men? Are we truly in the moral right here? Are we just another shade of immoral? And it's our shade, so it's okay. Are we just another side of a shit-stained coin? Are we actually the good Peter? The one whom God would say, in you, I trust and I give you the keys to my kingdom. If you don't keep asking yourself that every day, if you don't keep striving for that, you're not doing it right. You don't get it. And I think we just, I just was here to remind you there. So there, that's my, I did my part. Now I can go on and just serve me and fight for me and screw everyone else. Yay. I made the podcast. Now I can continue being a selfish prick. Woohoo. Lefts, left, lefties. Biden, let's crush Trump and kill all his people. Yeah. No. Now, the podcast is just one of the things I wanted to make, and I'm going to keep checking myself every day, every minute of every day, passage to passage of the Bible, moment to moment. I'm going to check myself to try to be thinking of the higher good and to try to carry my cross and less about me, right? That's all. I think that's where we should all be coming from. Please try that. Please, please, please. That way we can take us back down to DEFCON 2 or one, or whatever the hell, is the hell out of worries, okay? And we can not worry about the violence and not worry about the anger, and we can peaceably transition power to Joe Biden without this turning into a shitstorm. That's the goal, right? Let's do that by thinking higher, thinking of God more. Let's do that. Can we do that? Can we do that?
I love you.